I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rashford, he's in here, he scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Hello and welcome to another episode of Moga. I'm joined this week by Stevie. How's it going, Stevie? Yeah, what's good, man? What are you telling me? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, it's it's pre-season. We're we're over the Euros. We're over the penalty misses. Some of us just, are. Some of us are. Yeah, I know. Some, <laughs> some of us are partying with diamonds and bandanas, but we don't you dare. Don't you name names. Don't you dare. Um, listen, I, I still remember that uh, voice that you sent the day of the final. Where you were basically crying, if I if I'm being honest, and I know it's going to take you a few weeks, um, but yeah, we're in that period now where it's United focused, and we're spending our time going back and forth with the ops about everything that makes our team um, prime to go for the title, and everything that means their team is going to finish mid table. And this week we're joined by guest Dre. How's it going, Dre? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. How's everyone doing? Yeah, we're good. We're good, man. We're just kind of yeah, hoping a couple of these signings get over the line, and then we can just get into the new season. Um, for those who are listening for the first time, uh, which I'm hoping isn't too many people at this point, and you guys have stayed stayed with us the whole season, tell us a bit about yeah how you supported Man- how you got into supporting Manchester United, who your favourite player is, and what your favourite memory is. I'd even tell you this before the pod, so I've put you right on the spot. Yeah, but I always find those are the, those are the best answers. <laughs> um, just been supporting Man United since I was little kids. Um, my brother supported them, so I'm reaching. Pretty much followed them, him really. Um, favorite United player growing up, probably Cantona. Um, favorite United memory, Barcelona United man. I was literally just turned 10 when that happened as well. Okay, perfect timing, perfect timing, perfect timing. Cool. Um, 
Thank you, Dre. Let's let's get into it. So obviously we're in the preseason mixer, uh, and we started off our preseason campaign with a two-one win against Derby County. I think in that regard we were doing Wazza a little favour there. We know things aren't going so well over at Derby, um, so we thought we'd chuck him chuck him a bone with that. Um, I'll start with you, Stevie, because I know you you checked out the game, and you know you're a you're a, a historian of the game. Um, <laughs> what, what that definition <laughs> of checked out the game is, bro. <laughs> Um, uh, what were your thoughts on the performance? I know, obviously, your all, all jokes aside, um, you're not somebody who gets too engrossed in the in the preseason games, especially when it's kind of a lineup made of out of players who we know won't be starting once the season starts. But um, what were your takeaways? Just to run through our team, we had um, Heaton in goal, we had Wambasaka at right back, we had a Tuanzebe and Mengi uh, centre back partnership, Brandon Williams at left back, we had. James Garner, Dylan Levitt, Tahif Chong, one matter. Jesse Lingard came on. Yeah, sorry, Jesse Lingard came to Alanga. And then we had Greenwood up top. Um, Chong and Palestri scored. Uh, and then Derby County just had a bunch of guys that I'm not really that fussed about naming. Um, so I'll start with Tahif Chong. Listen, um, he's been with us for a while now. Um, he even had that little spell at left back in that Europa League game last, uh, the season before last, where people were like, hold on, we might have a player here. Um, took his goal well, and he's linked to Birmingham in terms of going there on loan. And Lee Boyer has promised if he comes here, I will make him a better player. Um, what were your thoughts about his performance yesterday and, and what we could potentially see from him if he does go um, to the championship? Let's let's face it, man. Chong is Chong is here to make up squad numbers. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. I think today, from from all the highlights I saw of him, he was playing on the right wing, uh, mm-hmm. which isn't something that I've seen from him previously. Didn't look any more talented there than than I've seen him on the left, to be honest. Um, so with with Chong, I think I think it's probably about getting him minutes now so that we can try and up his market value. I don't know, a young four or five million. I'd take that for him. Invest that in some wages. <laughs> Um, I don't think there's too much to be had for his United career, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see how he progresses. I don't know if he's uh, championship standard. Not to say oh, that. wow. Not no, to say that that's not his um, his level, but I think he's probably, uh, he'd probably be better suited abroad. So I could see him probably playing uh, in the Dutch league for one of the mid-table clubs. Okay, so you're talking about maybe like the more physical side of the game yeah. probably a bit too much for him. Yeah, whenever, yeah, whenever I've seen him, it just seems a bit bit lightweight um, on the ball. Uh, so I could see him doing something similar. I don't know how um, Gomez has got on uh, in Portugal, but I think those sort of... Angel Gomez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done really well. He's done really yeah, well. He? Yeah, he went to a lower, yeah. he went to a lower kind of mid table sort of Portuguese yeah. side, and he's he's done really well for himself. And obviously, where he's going back to Lille, the league champions, um, yeah. I expect him to go from strength to strength. Listen, yeah. um, with Angel Gomez, the, co- the, the the fear was never that he didn't have enough ability. And to be fair, when he came on, he always used to impress to me that he also always looked like he should be getting more minutes on one matter, for example. Um, yeah. But they decided to go another way. You know how it is here. When you're too small, they think you're not big yeah. enough to play and they start worrying about your ability to get stuck in, etc., etc. Um, but I'll come across to you, Dre. Uh, in terms of um, Tahif Chong and I guess our other goal scorer in Palestri, um, from what you've seen um, yesterday and otherwise, um, have we got a player there in either of those two? Definitely not in Tahif Chong. He's definitely... <laughs> <laughs> he's, <laughs> he, he's just there because we had no one else, pretty much. Like, just like Stevie said, like, he's not he's never gonna make it United. Put him mm. in English football. He's best guy somewhere like going back to Germany or maybe Spain or or Holland, somewhere like that. Like I know Oli probably, you know, when he, when he first came in he said he was gonna give Chong and Gomez a chance in the team. Follow mm. words in it, like, especially just cut that experiment with teeth trying and just you know. Do you know my thing with Ollie as well? Yeah, I feel like for all like his faults and stuff, I think he he knows a player when he sees one. Um, he's played with good players. Um, his Bruno obsession aside, I understand that. Um, for the most part, he knows a player when he sees one. So obviously, he's not going to come in out in the press and like criticize these lads and say they're not good enough, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um. Yeah, I agree with you in regards to Tahif Chong. What about Pelestri? Um, 
from the brief clips I saw him yesterday, he looked good. But he's definitely not ready for Premier League football. I feel like alone is definitely the best thing for him. He's definitely more talented than Tee Chong. Um, I think he's at Alaves though after him, someone like that in Spain. He was at Alaves, he was at Alaves last season and they, they want to bring him back. I think, they, I think he should go back there or go back to Spain alone. He's got that Diego Forlan, he's got that Raquel May co-sign. Those are those are two those are two big boy ballers. Um I'm gonna w I didn't I'll be honest, I didn't watch much of him last season. I saw him when he was playing for the under twenty three side. Um but those who saw him last season and, and, and those who watched the full game yesterday said definitely looks like they've got a player there. I would like him to potentially play for a team a bit higher up the table in Spain. But if the choice is between him playing for a higher quality team around better players or him playing week in, week out, I, I think I'll go with him playing week in, week out because I think, yeah, where he's really young and he hasn't had much experience in South America, uh, you just want him to get as many reps as, as he potentially can. Um, obviously, we had Greenwood. He didn't go to the Euro due to injury. He he started up front, so it was good to see Greenwood out there as well. Wan-Bissaka, um, Congo starting right back or future starting right back. Um, he, he got a run out as well. Tuanzebe, um was interesting to see him because he's linked... Um, to going out on loan. Um, mm. He wants to play consistently. Obviously, he kind of had that debut against... Um, or not debut. He had that performance against PSG and Oli just really didn't use him very much um, for the rest of the season. Um, what do you guys think of the whole uh, Tuan Zebe going out on loan then? Are you guys in support of it? Do you think he's somebody who's good enough to be starting now or do you think he needs just a bit more experience to see if he's worth it or not? I... I think he's good enough to be starting now. I think the problem is uh, I don't think we have the luxury of giving him like 10, 12, 15 games almost to kind of find his feet and cement his place in this United side. Um, that uh, right-sided centre-back spot is a glaring weakness for us. Um, and so we kind of just need to fill it and fill it with, with quality. Uh, the problem with Twan Zebe is that he's, his United career has been so start-stop. He's been injury-prone. Um, he's not managed to get a run of games. Um, last season, he didn't really get into the, the first team and for some reason or another, didn't convince um, Solskjaer. So I think, yeah, the loan is definitely needed at a Premier League uh, club. If he goes out and proves that he can play week in, week out, um, I think we'll probably at this point just look to get um, money for him because obviously we've got Tengi coming um, through the door as well. So... Um, I don't know if uh, he's ever going to make it as United first choice uh, CB, given that we're we're obviously in the market for one now. So, yeah, I mean, he's I think he's got the attributes to do it, uh, but yeah, it just hasn't sort of worked out. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to disagree. Um, you know how I feel about Lindelof anyway, um, and I think where obviously it looks like we're lined up to spend a good chunk of money on Varane, which you can't be mad at with his with his quality, being able to keep these lads who've come through the club from a young age, they understand the club and they're good players, definitely at least squad level player. Um, we should be making every effort to do so. And I don't think he was necessarily used enough, um, but he again struggled with injuries a bit last season. He, and he might just be, you know, you've got those players whose bodies just can't necessarily yeah. keep up with the rigours of the game. And you kind of see that sometimes they never get it and then sometimes it takes them getting to like their late 20s where they'll have a like a, a few years run of being able to just stay fit and play and if that's yeah. the case with um axel then obviously we, we've got to go and do what's best for us um we've got a few more preseason games coming before the start of the season we've got qpr away on the 24th we're at home against brentford on the 28th away against preston on the 31st and at home against everton on the 7th so uh very much keeping it um domestic this year which is understandable with the season that um we've had and with the fact that quite a few of our players were playing in the euros you can understand why we don't want to go on any long haul flights this summer um for all intents and purposes but i thought um we talk a bit about um our transfer news it feels like every day there's some sort of transfer news about players coming in players going out um, and I think I wanted to just sit with you both for a bit and just get your thoughts. Um, I'm going to name the names and I just want to get you guys' thoughts um, in regards to what's happening with them. So I'm going to start with uh, a man who played on Saturday, Jesse Lingard. Um, Ollie's quotes were, the Jesse that we saw at West Ham, that's the real Jesse. 
um, got his confidence back, etc., etc. I'm going to keep him around, but he's also kind of been linked to 30 million pound moves, etc., etc. So, Dre, I wanted to firstly get your thoughts on Jesse Lingard as a player, uh, and then secondly, get your thoughts on should he stay, should he go, how hard of a bargain we should be pushing. Um, yeah, go on. Uh, I've never really been a total backer of Jesse Lingard. Like, he's, he's a bit hit and miss for me. Um, I think he likes yourself. I think get yeah, 30 million, probably even 35 for him. Um, I just feel like he needs to have a fresh start away from Man United. And him coming back from West Ham into United, he's not going to start for Man United. Like, he's not a part of the starting level. Is he better than some of the players on the bench? I'm not too sure. I think he should just go leave, fresh start, take what we can get for him and just move on, to be honest. You see, the thing with Oli, because he coached a lot of these guys when they were younger, I think there's that element of nostalgia as well. Um, and where you've got um, Jesse, who's kind of a fringe England international and probably can be aggrieved that he wasn't taken to the World Cup this summer along with a few other guys, I can understand why you wouldn't want to get rid of him. And we know like from a few seasons ago, he was a guy who used to get goal, big goals in games and he scored between like one in three, one in four goals. But in the last couple of years, he's had a lot happen off the pitch and it's affected his confidence. Stevie, um, are you in agreement with Dre Reed getting rid of Jesse Lingard? Do you think he's a player who we should hang around, keep him as a squad player? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think... Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Looking at Lingard, I think um, Oli's playing, he's just playing this cleverly. Um, I think when he says that Lingard is part of uh, United's plans, I think he said something similar for um for was it Lukaku? Was it who, who am I thinking about? Um and then and then we ended up we ended up shipping them. Um so I think if you look at the makeup of the squad, um I don't see where he's gonna get minutes. Lingard really and truly, I think his favorite position is is at 10. Um if you look at who's playing there now, Bruno, um and possibly Van der Beek um as the backup, then we've got Marshall and Cavani taking up the positions up top and then we've got Rashford and Sancho. So I think if we do keep him, maybe um, it will be for cover for Rashford if he goes and gets his, his injury surgery. But I think we're really just trying to maximise his value. He's a good player, but he's not United level and he's not United standard. So um, I think obviously um, Solskjaer is wary of the, of the temperament um, and the morale of the dressing room as well. I don't think he can just come out and say that Lingard's not part of his plans. I don't think that would do anyone. Um, any harm. I don't think that'd do any uh, benefit to his, his transfer value as well. So I think he's got to keep it coy, but I don't see him uh, being at United past January, to be honest. Oh, um, so you could see him potentially staying this window, but then going I in think, January. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think if we don't get the money for him, because I, I think, right, we're looking he's for... He's got a year like, left, right? 30. Yeah. So, and... He's and got I a year left, so I'm just trying to um, understand your your transfer strategy there. So he's got a year left, we keep him to January. What, what's he then worth to us in January? I mean, if we don't sell him this window, we're probably not going to... Hmm. Yeah, Can you explain that, Can you explain that Stevie? Well, I, I, I don't think we're going to let him go for free. So either he'll sign and we'll try and, and, try and uh, get some value for him or we'll ship him off in the summer. But I don't think we'll let him go for free. But I would be very surprised if this time next year Lingard is still a Man United player. Okay. Especially... And I think um, as well, obviously, uh, World Cup is um, in 2022. He knows he's on the fringes of the England squad, so he's not going to settle for uh, minimal minutes, which is what will happen at United. Agreed. And I think with the form that he had at West Ham, um, listen, we can call it a purple patch or whatever you want to call it, but extrapolating that over a whole season, we're talking about you know 10, 10 goals, 10 assists, Mm. The top six, seven finish. That's very much knocking on the door of the England team. Um, 
And at the end of the day, Jesse's at the age now where we saw it with loads of Man United stalwarts, Phil Neville, Nicky, but they'll kind of come through, play a bit, get a couple runs of starters, but then become yeah. squad players. And eventually they get to the stage where you just want to play week in, week out. Mm. You just want to enjoy your football. So I think Jesse's at that stage now. And I think um, for his character, for his personality, if it's not home, Manchester, London's a perfect city for him to to live in and enjoy and, and, and build his brand for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm with both of you where I see more happening on that front. And, yeah, I think mm. with the form he's shown, he's an England international like we've discussed Um and he was like a key player for a team that finished in the European spots. 30 million is the going rate for me. 30 million. Yeah. And we have to, especially after the year we've just had, we have to get into the habit of actually getting good value for our players. Like you're getting Chelsea selling young CBs for 20, 25 million. You've got um, Liverpool selling fringe strikers for 19 million. Um, obviously, both being English. We should also be getting that Prem English tax for, for yeah. our talents too. Yeah. Teams are ta- charging us more because we're man new. Let's at least make some money back on the back end. Cool. Um, another player I wanted to discuss with you guys, uh, linked to Burnley, um, but we're, we're costing them at 25 million. And apparently, we've priced them out. Um, a certain Daniel James. I'll, I'll come mm. to you um, first. <laughs> Just again, to get your thoughts on Daniel James. Uh, supposedly he had a good Euros. I uh, don't know if I would agree with that. Um, and, and and what you think about those rumours um, and if you think it ends up happening. That's for you, Dre. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's for you. <laughs> um, I would even sell it for £25. He's absolutely pulling. He's <laughs> I don't know. £25 million is not pricing him out, right? The thing is, yeah, he is for sure limited. But I think one thing I acknowledge is he's got attributes that make him a threat. And at a mid-table, a Burnley sort of side, he'd look a much better player than he he does for us, I think. And I think... I've always said Daniel James needs a coach. And Bolly's not a coach. Mm. Someone could coach Daniel James to play football. He'd actually be a good player. Do you think Sloan Deitch is a coach? Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Leeds would have been perfect for him he should have went to Leeds because Bielsa would have shown him the way how to be a footballer but Burnley I don't even care as long as he leaves and we can get some sort of return on what we bought him for how much you buy him for 15 million or something 15 yeah yeah. Yeah. 25 20 million I'll take that as long as he's gone I'm not doing another season with him and the team like no way do you know what it's mad when I did the attacking options, I didn't even I didn't even mention him because I just completely forgot about him. But uh, yeah, I think twenty five million is a fair valuation for Dan James. To be honest, I don't think um, I don't think all of that value is included in his current ability. But obviously, he's still young. He's British as well. Um, he has resale value, and for a team that's uh, quite low down um, in the table, like his ability to uh, break at speed is almost like it's like being a target man almost it just relieves pressure from your side um and it gives you um another way to go and, and go and score a goal so i know he breaks rapidly and more time more often than not he loses the ball but on those few occasions where he's able to do something with it and obviously uh at a smaller side you'll have more space to exploit as well um i think he could be i won't say a potent weapon but i think he could be uh, a useful signing for some of those uh, mid-table clubs Okay, okay, interesting. I think again, I'm in agreement. Um, I think in my mind, 50 to 60 million for those two, taking off six to seven million off your wage book that's a good that's good business. Yeah, that's yeah. the sort of business a serious club wants to do. And I feel like when you look at the amount of names that were playing in that friendly and the amount of players that are still to return, um, the squad is bloated for sure. Um, a certain one matter played. Um, I'm not why is he still here? I don't. I don't understand. Vibes and experience, isn't it? He's uh, he's just pos- he's just positive energy, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. He's like a shrunk, isn't it? He's just there for like yeah, positive vibes. He's that sort of guy that you know when you've got like a league cup fixture on Tuesday and a game on Thursday, you just fling him in for experience, and then yeah, you're like go out, go out and enjoy it, one, and he'll do all the interviews for you with a smiley face as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's been here for eight yeah. years, you know. Yeah. He's been I think also 
a part of it is a plan to get him into the coaching team as well. So I think I'm just from the first time I've heard that. What's that based on? So the, probably his temperament in it and his tactical awareness. He's I don't know, man. The old boys club, man. This what's yeah, all this, man? It was all I, I, I imagine Mata would be a good coach to have. Absolutely, have what, please, sir? <laughs> I said I think. You know, no, no just, what is it based? I just made this hypothesis five seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's not based on anything. But they, everyone calls him an intelligent player, isn't it? So you'd assume he'd be an intelligent coach. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. Fair I don't enough, know, man. Fair, uh, fair if Aaron Fletcher can do it, then surely one matter can. Maybe, um, maybe. I'm, I'm, um, I'm trying to understand what we're trying to do there. Um, and yeah, he's been around for a minute. But yeah, um, listen, we ain't struggling for money. But I just see him as somebody who takes up space in the squad that other players could be using to get experience. Um, so cool. All right, we'll, we'll leave one. We'll leave one matter there. Um, let's talk about. Obviously, the news continues to bubble on. Rafael Varane. Um, the oh, day after day, the reports get stronger and stronger, linking him. Um, everything that I've read, I read an article in the Athletic. So there's a forty percent increase in muscle injuries, but I also read an article in the Athletic that um, <laughs> that's good. That one, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Right, also, How long have you been waiting to drop that? <laughs> I haven't been waiting. I've literally made it up on the spot. That's what I do, man. Impromptu. But um, I read an article in the Athletic talking about Real Madrid's financial situation. So they're going to be asked to bring down their wage bill by the um, Spanish FA. And on top of that, they need to recoup some of the funds that they lost by not having a stadium. And obviously where they're rebuilding and they have got a new stadium coming, they need to keep the cash flow coming in. And we saw that last season where they're selling off promising youngsters like Hakimi um, on the on the low. Um, so everything suggests where he wants a big bumper contract for so 250k a week or so and where they can get 50, 40 to 60 million for him. Everything suggests that he's going to go um, I know he's really close with Pogba as well. And I think a lot of these players we're linked with are all part of a piece of us trying to convince Pogba to stay as well. Listen, we're a serious club. We're going in a serious direction. Stay with us. You can win things with us. Um, so it's just a matter of time. I'll, I'll come to you, Dre, because I'm pretty sure, um, Stevie, you've given me your opinion on Varane two or three times bro, bro. Um, in I'm, the last I'm month. I'm out of or... opinions on Varane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all out. Dre... <laughs> But Dre, with this being your first appearance, um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on 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 Varane and potentially um, what he brings. I think we may have discussed it before, but yeah, just just for our listeners, just to hear 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 what you have to say about him. If it happens, it's a good signing. But when it comes to Man United, if is a big if. I'm not too. I want to get gas that we're going to sign him, but this is a board that takes weeks and months to just complete one transfer in it so i don't know if this is going to happen but if it does happen it's a good signing him next to maguire will make maguire better and will increase will improve the back line as well like we can push another 10 yards further forward with around the team right we can get rid of lindelof he's crap and then what but it's just I'm not too sure. I'm not too I, sure. I, I, I've, I've broken down. The, I've broken down the. I've broken down the economics of the deal to you. Where is your fear coming from? For a new deal at Real Madrid. I feel but like they, but they can't afford to give him a new deal. They can't afford to, and they've and they've and they've kind of messed up in a way where they've where they need to bring their wage bill down. They've gone and gotten Alaba, and he's on 400 k a week. Yeah, um, they want him to play at the back. He wants to play in midfield. So that's a whole situation over there. So they need to get rid of Varane, but they're going to need to get rid of a few more bodies. So where you've got um, um, Perez doing his salesman spiel about, listen, we've got young talent. We need to have young talent, trust in them. They obviously got rid of Ramos for that, partly for that reason as well. I'm thinking more players are going to be leaving, not just Varane. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. Is it a question is motivation as well. Like, okay, let's have a conversation about that. So... Um, He's won everything over the last few years. Uh, then you come to Man United, where we ain't really won nothing in the last, really coming up ten years. Uh, mm. But but then you've got to want to challenge himself, though, isn't it? But it depends on the sort of player he is, because yeah. I think what you find is that yeah, if he's a player, he has a chip on his shoulder for sure. He'll come and he'll want to be part of the face of us going back to our past glory. Um, 
But for a lot of these players, Real Madrid is a pinnacle. And once I've done the Real Madrid thing and I've been successful at Real Madrid, everything else is just by the by. Like you saw Ozil, he left Real Madrid. The motivation wasn't the same at Arsenal. Um, you've seen ADM. To be fair, ADM's gone to France and he's done really well for himself. So I, w- I won't necessarily put him in that grouping. But for most of these players, Real Madrid, Barcelona, that's the pinnacle of football. So they come over here, 28, 29. So he's at his peak. Um, I, when I caught up with a Real Madrid fan, they said, what you get from Ramos is, I mean, sorry, Varane, six good weeks, one bad week. Six good weeks, one bad week. That sounds um, about right. That, yeah, so I mean, I, I mapped out across the season. It's maybe maybe a month and a half of poor form. Um, obviously, it won't necessarily be. <laughs> but well, then obviously, the rest need, of... What we need is basically him and Maguire to interchange when they want to play badly. Exactly. It's not good together, exactly. and hopefully exactly. one will cover the other. Exactly. So you talk about a month or so of poor form, and listen, we got Eric Bay as well. He's overqualified as a as a third choice. Um, I think it's just down to Oli loves Maguire, and Maguire is a, a, a colossus in terms of playing every single game. Mm. He was using him in the League Cup games against the crap teams. He was playing him in every round of. The, he does not drop Maguire. So I think there's something to be done in terms of his balance. And listen, Maguire's coming off a brilliant Euros. Um, certain people on the pod, we call him a leader. Don't think I'd agree with that. Um, but if we're talking about Shaw, Maguire, Varane and Wambasaka, as just a backline alone, where do we see that ranking in the league? I'd say two. Okay, who's got number one? Actually, sorry. It depends. It depends what version of Van Dijk and Gomez come back in it. So. Okay. Um, at number one, I would have had City's uh, defense, um, okay. but yeah, I'm and to be fair, you know what? Uh, two shows Chelsea, the, just the the whole team, not necessarily the individuals, um, in that defensive four, but the whole team defend really well as well. I like Mendy as well. So, actually, to be honest, um, yeah, Chelsea, City, Liverpool have got, have got good defenses in their own rights. So, you're I don't know, top four defense, yeah. Yeah, top four defence. I don't know where in that four. I think everybody will have to start playing and then we'll see. But then we also have the problem. And um, I think for me, uh, we can't expect to sign Varane and then catapult us into title challenges. I, that DM spot needs to needs to be addressed, man. Needs to I was going to ask about that. So the sound bites that are coming out uh, are that Oli wants to go to a 4-3-3 next season. Um mm. We haven't been linked with any DMs, really. Um, I'm hearing murmurs about McTominay playing us at single pivot. Um, so a couple of questions. Um, how, how do you feel about us moving to a 4-3-3? Uh, that's what I'll start with. How do, so firstly, I'll start with you here, Stevie. How do you feel about us moving to a 4-3-3 and what potential impact do you see have that, that having on the team? I think a 4-3-3, uh, if we're playing FIFA, is great. Like, we get everyone in the team. Do you know what I mean? We get all the ballers in the team. In reality, though, we can't play a 4-3-3 unless we have the correct personnel to play a 4-3-3. And if we're playing McTominay uh, by himself in that in that um, anchor position, it's going to be terrible. We're going to get a worse version of Rice at the Euros, like inability to pass forward. I mean, we saw McTominay at the Euros and he was, yeah, he bombed. Um, so I wouldn't want to see him taking up that position. I don't think Fred can do it either. Um, so either we're going to have to play Ghana there, and he's an unknown quantity, or we're going to have to f- try and find someone. But I think it's a bit concerning. We're, what, mid-July now. We haven't been linked to the DM, so I don't know where one is going to come from. Um, but, yeah, I think the 4-3-3 move, it give us a lot of attacking impetus. It, in theory, would free Pogba, as we say every season. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we need the personnel behind him. Okay, cool. Um, so that's your thoughts. Um, Dre, I'll come to you to ask about... Okay, so you've spoken about the DM. So what impact do we see that potentially having... A 4-3-3 potentially having on Bruno Fernandes? Um, and what impact do we see that having on whoever we choose to have up front, Cavani or, or, or Greenwood or even the forgotten man, Anthony Marshall? Seen a lot of Anthony Marshall on the treadmill um, and propaganda coming from his missus on Snapchat. So that's interesting. But what impact do we see that 4-3-3 having on Bruno and then our, our, our striker? Well, I think Bruno will, will put a leash on Bruno. Um, because okay. 
Do you trust him? Is okay. Listen, I'm just gonna. You trust him in a four-three-three. Um, obviously, we know his quality comes from the numbers he's able to put up. So, what I'm asking is, what impact do you see the four-three-three having on Bruno's ability to put numbers up? I think if Oli tells him to do specific things, he will do it. Really? I, I think, think he just he does what he wants. I feel Oli told him last season. Yeah, you're the creative smart. Do whatever you want. But in Portugal, he plays specific roles. Not very good. We saw that in the Euros. Mm. But he does a role in it. So I feel like... But my thing is, with Bruno and Pogba, the chase, the um, pressing, the defensive positioning, that's where I'm going to be a bit... Mm. Listen, it's like it's like Harry Potter and Lord Voldemort. Neither can live while the other survives, you know? <laughs> so essentially, you have to you have to choose one. Uh, yeah. is, is, it the, is it the Dark Lord Bruno or is it the boy who lived, Paul Pogba? Um, <laughs> but you have to, <laughs> you have to, you have to choose one. Essentially, um, I think if you want to get the best out of either, you have to complement them with a player who isn't the other one. I think yeah. with Pogba, like to this day, I always say, and people always kind of, well, a few people, some people agree, other people roll their eyes. For me, I really want his ninety percent of his focus to be forward facing. 80 to 90% of his fo- focus to be forward-facing. Our most advanced midfielder, our number eight, who's linking up. We know he can carry the ball. We know he can play defence splitting passes. We know he can shoot. We know he can get on the end of things. We know he can beat players off the dribble. Um, and we know he's efficient for the most part in terms of his use of the ball. Um, you then want him beside a controlling central midfielder who's going to contribute well, 50-50. 50% going forward, 50% contributing defensively. And then, obviously, you've got your defensive midfield specialist. Again, with Bruno, whatever Bruno may be, you'd want him to do that, a similar role to what I've just described Pogba doing. I want you to be forward-facing. I want you to be creating chances. I want you to be getting forward, getting on the end of stuff, defence, splitting passes and whatnot. I think if we try and go down the route of playing the two of them, the person that has to play behind them to make that... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad thing. You need you need to basically play four four three. We need twelve players on the pitch <laughs> because the space they are going to have to cover will be a mad thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like because even Kante and Kante, obviously, we know he gets about the pitch uh, for for France and for Chelsea. Even even he was slightly exposed by. By Pogba, but obviously they they, they take that um, they take the good with the bad. But if you've got him and you've got Bruno as well, and Bruno's most effective like further forward, where we're mm. going to allow him to get goals. If we take the goals, like take um, the amount of um, chances he's going to get away from him, then he's really contributing nothing, isn't he? So I don't know if I want him any deeper playing as a as an eight beside uh, Pogba. Yeah, no, I com- I completely agree with you. Now I, I I'll be honest, I question. I question the decision making around that with with Bruno in mind. Uh, you know me, man. I want to cash in on him. Well, um, I question. I question the validity of the, the, the report <laughs> itself, boy. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. So, as far as you're concerned, this is Bruno's team, and moving to a four-three-three does not benefit Bruno. That's not what I said. <laughs> well, I know that's not what you said, but what makes you question the validity of the four-three-three claims? I just. What is it based on? I think it's based on obviously those in the know. Like they didn't come out and say we want to play three five two, did they? Um, yeah, but I, t- I could have. I could have made that report up, man. No, nah, not really. Like, why would you? But okay, to, like, it to, just to, seems to, it, to, to it, what? But my thing is, to what end? Like, why would you come up, come out and make that up? What yeah, do you benefit why, from? Why do why do tabloids make anything up for for uh, clicks, innit? Yeah, but okay. But the thing is, what is the okay? Man United want to play four three three. Yeah. What clicks do you even get from that? Yeah, because we we're all like, oh yeah 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 yeah, we're gonna play Pogba in midfield and we're gonna get Bruno. Let's click it. Let's read it. And now here we are talking about it. Yeah, we talk about everything though. But there's nothing. <laughs> we there's nothing that we won't necessarily talk about. Um, yeah. Okay. Just, I'm, what I'm just saying is, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like if I think about it logically, and any footballer, you know about your logic. About, <laughs> yeah, Maguire <laughs> being a leader in that, yeah. Yeah, among like other that. things. Among um, other things. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we think about this logically, we don't have a DM in our um in our first eleven capable of playing that position competently. We're not linked. In to our in team. our opinion, is that Oli's opinion? I think it is. Otherwise, he probably would have done it already. That's okay. my assumption. 
And then okay, we're not. I, 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 I'll allow, there's a bit of logic in that, so I allow that. Yeah. Um, and we're not linked with a DM, so I just it seems strange or odd for Oli to be planning on that based on a team he doesn't currently have. I think that would be a bizarre way to go into the preseason, unless he thinks that Ghana's the guy who's going to do it. But that would be uh, a massive like uh, change in direction as well. I heard they get to loan out Ghana again. Yeah. Yeah, is that's what prim, I well. loan or championship loan? Uh, I think championship loan. Not only for teams or Okay, okay. Um, yeah, he did really well at Nottingham Forest. So I think maybe a full season. And then what we bring him, we bring him into the Prem next season. Okay, so I think something to look at. So in terms of that, uh, until you kind of see like what solid links to a DM, Stevie, you're yeah. not buying it, yeah? Yeah, no, I'm not buying that one, you know. Okay, oh, cool. Season, like, you can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. I'm with you. I can't, I can't do it. Um, so... Obviously, the, the news Rashford's getting the surgery, so he's going to be out for 12 weeks or Apparently, so. Apparently, he's still thinking about it. Really? Yeah. What's That's what Solskjaer said after after the derby match, I think. I might have really? been before, but he said, he said uh, yeah, he's still thinking about it. Obviously, he's on holiday, isn't it? So, um, What's the thought process? I don't understand. Well, I don't like you're tapping yourself as a player, man, and you're taking years off the other end of your of, of your career we've seen a lot of these players want to play through injury and stuff and mm -hmm. it's great but you, you're slowly ebbing away at your body um, and your body's your currency so i hope i really do hope that he does i think with the signing of sancho with greenwood in there as well um we've got marshall whatever that's going to be we've mm -hmm. got cavani as well and we know that they like to put pogba on the left at times as well we've got enough different options up top that we should be able to survive for a few months without rashford and let him come back um at his best at his best we yeah. know that um he's been injured for the last couple of seasons the last 18 months or so um and to be honest by the end of last season it's a bit of a farce if i'm being honest with you yeah. um and it's very difficult to get mad at a guy who's playing injured but you're not helping us you're not helping the team either um so i really hope that he does go go think, through and get that done i think he needs the mental break as well like just been go 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 for him. He's been carrying United at times. He's carrying the children of England at times. Um, and yeah, he's been he's been he's been playing injured, and now he's got racial abuse to deal. With. I think what was that report? He's like the second most racially abused sportsman in the world after LeBron. After LeBron yeah, James. Bonkers, um, let's talk on that. Let's talk on that because we didn't talk about the kind of um, the aftermath of the penalties and everything we saw. Um, on last Monday's episode, um, but, but let, let's talk about that and that and that kind of um, hatred that he gets online. Um, I'll I'll start. Do you know what I find so interesting about it? I think a lot of it is linked to the stuff he did for the kids. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The proportion of people that dislike him for that, yeah. um, and obviously we saw that coach who had the racist abuse. His own children benefited from yeah. Rashford's. From Rashford's program from last summer, so yeah, I, I just can't fathom that. But Dre, uh, not to put you on the spot again, um, but just to, just to get your thoughts in regards to, um, yeah, just the, the aftermath of obviously the missed penalties we saw. Uh, what he came out with, I thought was was brilliant. I shed a I shed a tear reading his reading his. Uh, yeah, his we know you tweeted it. Yeah, uh, you retweeted it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just want to let the fans them know we're, we're in tune with our emotions, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we shed a tear. But what, what was your thoughts on... was loud. That picture spoke so much. Like, he looked... Well, yeah, he was obviously clearly alone, but yeah, it's crazy moments. Like, the pressure <sighs> on him. It's 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 it's, it's crazy. He, he's... Listen, anyway, yeah, Drake, give me your thoughts and then we'll, we'll talk a bit more about it. Um... You know what? If you think it's bad now, watch me goes to all these away games this season. He's going to get it. But I think the support that United have to give him, him and Sancho, between now, pretty much for the whole season, is going to be pivotal. Like, yeah. It kind of reminds me, I'm not going to um, equate it to what Beckham went through in 98, but it's a similarly along those lines where Beckham mm. was the villain. Like, the newspapers had nooses around his neck ready to hide man and all that shit. And then, boom, he came back next season. Fergie had a word with him before the start of the season. And he had a phenomenal season. I'm not going to say Rashford and Sancho are going to do similar, but I feel like 
it's got to be, them two have got to move on the type of like me against the world mentality for this season. Mm. Right? And United fans have got to support him as well. So that's the most important thing. Him going through the racial abuse in the I hope he was under no reasons that he wasn't going to do it if it didn't happen, if he missed the penalty, you know what I mean? Like, I think we all knew that they were going to get racially abused if we lost. You know the I mean? minute, honestly, bro, the minute we lost, the first thing that kept, they are all black. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I think he's got to understand now, hopefully someone's told him, no matter what you do for people in this country, you are always black. First, first and foremost. And do you know what kills me even more so is that when people are saying don't racially abuse them, they were doing that thing where it's like um magical black man. That's a listen, Rashford's fed all these kids, and Saka's like the sweetest kid. It's like, no, they're just human beings yeah. Yeah, who deserve so. respect. They don't need to be magical black yeah, yeah. men for you to yeah. feel like you don't need to racially abuse them. Yeah. And it's absolutely ridiculous that. That is where we're, we're, we're still at. Um, and I think you're completely right. And even, again, to a, a further point, is Cristiano Ronaldo, after the 2006 yeah. um, World Cup with Wayne Rooney, again, we know what the British press are like. And then he went on to have a brilliant season, the, the start of his ascension to, to, to becoming a football legend. And obviously with David Beckham, same thing again. So I'm hoping that Rashford and or Sancho able to have a, a, a big, big season and, and remind people why they are the talents that they are and they are the futures of this club. They're the futures of England football team as well. Um, really well said there, Dre. Um, I don't know if you wanted to add anything off the back of that, Stevie. I know you were in tears um, after they missed, so um, sorry to bring that up, but did you have anything else to add? Um, no, I think, yeah, I, I, I think everything, every, everyone said everything that needs to be said before. I think if we just, we slightly come off the racism thing and then, and then look towards uh, Rashford's uh season now rashford's what 23 24. Mm -hmm. um so yeah this is the kind of time where really you've got to show i think that 24 age going on 25 is where you're no longer considered a young player or a young talent um he's pretty much one of the most senior members in the united team which is actually kind of bonkers uh just given when he actually started playing for us so um you'd like to hope that um, this season, this the racism thing will just give him an extra drive. The England disappointment will give him extra motivation. Um, and obviously, the way racism VAT, yeah, 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 wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we just hopefully we just see him turn demon time, bro. That's what we need. That's wow. what we need. That's a new one. Racism <laughs> VAT. You're a crazy. You're a crazy guy, Stevie, man. <laughs> so boy, boy, I'm hoping it happens, in it. Like like you said, it happened with Beckham. He had the best season he had for United after the World Cup. Same with Ronaldo, they turned into machines. So yeah, Rashford, boy, he needs to. Because if he doesn't as well, and it goes the other way, oh, he's in trouble, boy. If you think he got racial abuse then <laughs> when, the United, when the United fans will join in as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he said trade yeah. that he needs the United fans and always gonna be if he don't no turn way. it up for United, yeah. there, won't as as bad, there, won't, there won't be a stadium in England. There won't be a stadium in England you can hide. <laughs> yeah. It might benefit him, yeah, not not playing till about what's it gonna be like October time. Hopefully, man. I just yeah. want him to just sort himself out, man. But that's the thing. When he comes back here, I don't know if you've not seen our fixture list, but we've got like a crazy run of games. And obviously, he's going to need time to get his his um, his form and his confidence back. His confidence after you saw that note is 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 um, is on the floor a bit. So, boy, let me go, let me go through the games in October. Yeah, second of October, we've got Everton at home. Um, 16th of sorry, 2nd of October, we've got Everton at home. 16th of October, we've got Leicester City away. 23rd of October, we've got Liverpool at home. 30th of October, we've got Tottenham away. Um, then we go into December, the 6th of um, November, sorry, we've got Manchester City at home. Um, the 20th of November, we've got Watford away. The 27th of November, we've got Chelsea away. 30th of November, we've got Arsenal at home. So, yeah, those eight weeks Bonkers. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'm hoping there's some fix your list kind of razzmatazz that happens to mix that yeah. up because 
that does not look pretty at all. And obviously, that's still the first half of the season, yeah. but that will play a big part in, in, in how our season goes. It's, so, you're gone. I was going to say, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Sancho settles as well, uh, because obviously, he's a big price tag. You know, mm. I've been waiting to see him for two years. He yeah. didn't really light up the Euros, so there's going to be expectation on him. And I'm putting it mildly, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, boy, and 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 I think the the perception of Sancho is that we're going to see um, this Sancho that we saw at, at Dortmund. And I think if you think that, then you should probably look at at Werner and look at the space he got for RB Leipzig and compare that to his struggles at Chelsea. I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen, but it's a it's a more difficult league. Uh, we don't play the same way Dortmund do, so we shouldn't expect him to be this explosive version that we see um, at Dortmund, probably closer to probably what we saw for England. Obviously, we know he's better than that, but we just need to give him a bit of time. Hopefully, the pressure doesn't creep up on him too much. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully he starts well, man. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be quite the price tag yeah. and quite the expectation on Sancho. Yeah. And yeah, we saw see, see how many of those goals are scored are like three on two counter attacks. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the defending isn't quite like that here. But listen, I, I've I've said like he he's not successful. That will say more to me about the management team than it will say about Jaden Sancho. He's a player who likes to join up with other players and combine little one twos, getting into spaces. Yeah. I'll use my mind. Okay, if I can't beat you, let's keep the ball recycled. If I think I can beat you, take you on, and I'm going to um, beat you more often than I don't. Um, that doesn't necessarily yeah. bode well to playing fullback with Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Aaron Wan-Bissaka. But that someone also, said, someone said yeah. actually he'd work really well with uh, Van der Beek. He would work really that. well with Van der Beek. I could see that, yeah. He would work really well with Van der Beek. Um, but he's but not going to get a great season. Nah. <laughs> but we mentioned... We mentioned yeah. We mentioned uh, right back and the links of Kieran Trippier, they're back. So where we were valuing him at 20 million, Atletico Madrid were valuing him at 40 million. It looks like something's gone on over there and they've kind of recalibrated and they're much closer to our price tag. Um, I'll come to you first this time, Stevie. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on us getting Kieran Trippier in as our, our backup right back? Uh, so Kieran Trippier as a backup right back is... Fine. I don't have any problems with that. He's not the greatest defender in the world, but he gives you something that uh, Wan-Bissaka doesn't. Um, and he's experienced, and I would like to think that playing two years under Simeone, his defensive uh, uh, or his lack of defensive ability that he had at, at Spurs, I would have hoped some of those have um, have been corrected. But at 20 million, and he's what? He's, he's approaching 30. I just... It's a bit of a strange one. I'd assume we'd want to put our resources somewhere else, given that we have... Yeah, um, in September. Yeah, given that we have um, Dallo, given that we have... Um, Led. Uh, Led, given that we also... Add, I mean, Brandon Williams is useless, but he can play there. Do you know what I mean? So I just think... I know one bissaka is going to play a lot of games anyway. Trippier would only be brought in to take some of that workload off one bissaka do we value that at 20 million? I think that's a bit high. Uh, for a backup player, English, I think that's about 20 million in this market. Like if Wambasaka was to get injured, which we're lucky he hasn't at any point, and Trippier had to start for a period, you'd be like, not happy, but mm, yeah, you know, yeah. I think so. I mean, we but, could but be then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at us keeping Dallo and letting him do that. What do you think? I agree. What do you think of Dallo though? I mean, he just. Yeah. He's not. He's not. He's not amazing, is he? But as a as a <laughs> second choice, as a second choice right back, fair enough, isn't it? I mean, when he used to come on, he used to be shit, though. <laughs> so we say yeah. fair enough, but it's a bit of a sticky one. Yeah, man. If only Brandon Williams was better, man. He's shit. He's worse yeah, than Dallow. He looks worse as a right back than he does as a left back. <laughs> he and does. He, and he's right back. Baffling. Baffling. I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Surely, surely, maybe we should try Tellers there, man. Passion got him into the first team and he tried to use passion to keep him there, but yeah. it's not. Uh, listen, you're not that guy, buddy. You're not that guy, man. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we're just in a funny place where we just 
we need shrewd and correct moves in the market. And mm. if we can make those moves, we are very much a threat to be a title challenger. Um, but if we again go down the route and sign two or three duds, we're screwed again, man. Yeah. And we've set ourselves up. We know Oli's going to get that new contract based on the progress that we're making. Um, so I just hope that he makes sure they get him the players that he wants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll watch. It's a watching brief, isn't it? So let's finish up with some listeners' questions. Um, first one is some sweet chin melody. Uh, why do you think United fans wanted to sell players cheap? Just to get rid and of United's stance of not underselling players. And why has it taken this long for us not to get mugged off in the transfer market? So I think this is in regards to fans talking about the Lingard and um, Dan, uh, Dan James' prices and saying that, listen, we should just take whatever we want, whatever they offer. Um, and other fans saying, no, we've always done that. And when we compare how we sell to um, the Liverpools, the Chelsea's, etc., it's not good enough. Um, I'll come to you, Dre. Um, what do you think that is about our fans where we're just kind of happy to settle, but on the other hand, also demand expensive transfers coming in too? I feel like United fans just need to wake up and start smelling the coffee. We're, we're, we overbuy, we overspend on players and like we've undersold on players for so long that we could have got good money for a lot of players that we've sold and we've just got rid of them because we just want to get rid of them. We need to start moving like we're a top team. Top teams sell their players at the price they want to sell them and teams buy them for that price. So us selling, why would we buy Dan James and then sell him two years later for exactly the same price we bought him for? Yeah. In a way, Dan James stock hasn't really gone down in the two years he's been at Man United. It just hasn't delivered on the potential we thought we were going to get. So 25 million, boom, take it, go. Jesse Lingard, if he's... Well, out of contract in a year's time, 30 million is good money. Take that, go. Like, if someone comes in for Van der Beek and offers 45, 50, we've got to have a hard look and be like, right, cool, take that, go. Like, if we can use that to get another player, a CDM, then boom, like, we've got to start moving like a top team because we're not far off being a title contender, innit? So, to me, yeah. I feel like we've just got to be a bit more realistic in how we view transfers isn't it? yeah yeah i hear you um I, I think with the united fans it's when you've been watching these players for so long and they've made you so sick for so long it's like get him out of my sight basically yeah. and i'll take 10 million for a player worth 30 for you to get him out of my sight but it's that 20 million is the difference that plays for xyz which then influences your transfer next season or the season after that season so we need to look at our peers and help the prices they're able to get for fringe players fringe youngsters um and we need to be holding ourselves to that standard too and i think when you get labeled as a soft touch as well it's very hard to shake that reputation so where we have a changing of the guard it's very important that we set our stall out now and we go forward in that um, fashion. Um, another question from Switching Melody. Could we not convert Dan James to a wing-back? Adding to that, what one player would you say has benefited the most from a positional change, like Mascherano from CDM to CB, Ramos from right-back to centre-back, Bell from left-back to left-wing? I'll start with you, Steve. I know you're great on your feet. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I don't think Dan James has the ability to play... Uh, wing back, uh, so he's he's good, he's got good stamina, he's got good pace, but technical ability. Like, if I look at the, some of the really good wing backs out there, he's, he doesn't line up with them. Do you know what I mean? If I look at someone like Hakimi, who just went to PSG, um, he doesn't he doesn't compare, he doesn't come anywhere near. So, just because he's not a really great winger, doesn't mean that we can sort of just degrade him into a wing back and and it will make him. It will make him good because he's not good enough at the attacking side of things and wing backs have to be really good there and defensively um we'd have to teach him that position as well so i think it'd be more in our best interest to try and get a uh, resale value of him which i which i think um he has um in terms of uh player um like switching position i think uh yaya Torre probably like DM to, to attack in mid is a fairly good one. Um, the Bell one as well. Yeah, left 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 wing back to to uh, attacking attacking mid left winger is, is another good one. So yeah, probably those two I'd say. Cool. I'll throw uh, uh, one in the mixer as a bit of an old school one. Um, Ludovic Julie, 
He was a playmaking like number 10 at Monaco. Uh, and they turned him into a, a third man runner at Barcelona. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. It just shows the levels. Like he yeah. was a hub of that Monaco team. Like the guy, the brains, the guy who made yeah. it happen. Barca, just listen. Just keep yeah. making them third <laughs> man all, all, all day long. And, and, and he, was really, he was really, really good for them. So yeah. Ludovic Juli is one that comes to mind for me. Um, have you got any, Dre? Um, the only one I can think United-wise, Antonio Valencia wasn't that bad at right back, you know? Yeah, ah, Valencia, the Valencia days. Obviously, he's season. The last couple of years, he fell off a bit, but when he got moved to right back, solid. he was solid. solid. So, yeah. it's the only one I can think of the top of my head at the moment. Mm. For me, like his define my defining Valencia memories are that rocket shot against was it Blackburn, where he smashed it in, and Pep was calling him one of the best wingers in the world. And when he tried to squeeze Raheem Sterling's head off of his neck, um, when England <laughs> played Ecuador, those are the two things that come to mind when I think of Antonio Valencia. I just uh, remember him drilling it low every single time and hitting. The never first match. ever trying to the first match. Do you know? Do you know what one of the worst things about Valencia was? Yeah, it's it's mad that he became our captain after this. I was about to say he was a club he, captain. Yeah, wow. I and I'm I'm pretty sure I never heard him do an interview in English. So you, don't, you, couldn't, you, couldn't speak, you couldn't speak English. You couldn't speak English. So how's this your club captain? But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like who was doing the team talk. That is, is bonkers. But um. He felt under so much pressure um, under the number seven shirt that he yes, decided yes. to give up. That, <laughs> is that is poor. That is poor, man. Even Michael Owen held that, man. <laughs> Imagine me like, oi, this shirt is rattling me so I much. Don't <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And he dropped all of that in Ecuadorian as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true he was quite the character then he started the bleaching phase as well like he was a guy wasn't he he was a he could have guy. been one of the jackson five yeah oh, by the end he could have by the end he could have definitely been one of the jackson five man he was looking closer and closer to jermaine each day man <laughs> um cool um and last one is from shanna underscore cj do we keep dan james as a squad player or sell him and play the kids we've answered that and also with the possibility of Lingard saying he adds more depth to the squad, so do we need Dan James? Again, we've kind of given our thoughts on Lingard and Dan James and where they're going people, next. People really want Dan James gone, innit? <laughs> 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 that, that seems to be all the listeners' questions. That seems to be every question that we're being asked yeah. is in regards to Dan James. And I understand, like, um, he came in with a big reputation. I remember that video. It was literally just him running in a straight line. And it was in the championship, so that was I never going to translate to the I Premier mean. League. He and then, obviously, game. when he started, oh, when he started and he's kind of scored, what, three in his first four, people were piping up, Dan James, we've done it again and whatnot. Um, but he's just a horrid, horrid footballer. Yeah. Like, for our he's level, obvious. he's a horrid footballer. Um, obvious, man. He wasn't even touted as one of the players of the championship when he came to us. Exactly. He was supposed to be, he was supposed to be like, you know when we see people sign like Eze's and the Madison yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot, I'm like, oh, there's talent in the championship. You guys are missing out. That was our equivalent of their talent in the championship, but it actually ended up being a championship level talent. Yeah. So yeah, we, we we shot ourselves in the foot there in terms of Dan James, and I think it's been great. We make that flip on him, and we got better kids than him in the in the academy, man. Yeah, and we can we can we can give them game. So um, Dre, I want to thank you for coming through. I will definitely have you on again if you're available and you're interested. Um, Stevie, always a pleasure. Your your unique insight um, is one of the cornerstones of the Mugga podcast. So uh, keep, keep doing your thing. Like I, like I keep saying, ahead of my time, they yeah, were rubbishing me about Maguire being a leader. And look at the, look at the way this He's not a fucking time. leader. He's not. Uh, we're not doing leader. this. We're not doing this. He's the not a fucking on, leader. He's not that. You you try to sneak a zeeky jab in there. Rather I than just, I just want I want the Mugger viewers to know. Because someone said you run me off the podcast that week, but now and I, did, and and a, I did run you off the podcast. Now he's a transformational, now he's a transformational England captain. Here's what they said. Here's what they said. Mario ran Stevie off the podcast. I'd be surprised if he ever lets him on again. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, 
But I responded to that because I'm not going to let him slander your name. I said, nah, Stevie's my guy. He's always welcome on the pod. So I, I didn't disagree with running you off because I did. But I disagree with the thought that I wouldn't let you come back on the podcast I, again. I disagree Listen. with both schools of thought. <laughs> um, in, ter- in terms of Maguire, he's definitely shown a level that I didn't know he had in him. So I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. I don't think he was the leader of that back line. Again, I don't think he played the lead. He was good. He was very good within his role. What do you think, Dre? You'd be the, you could be the tie player. You know what, yeah? At Man United, he wasn't a leader. But I've been one of Harry Maguire's biggest critics. But at the mm. Euros, he was the leader of that back line, bro. Hopefully, he can bring that to United. Hopefully. Okay. All right. I, I take back my comment about you coming back, Dre. <laughs> you know what, fair enough. You know, if he ends up proving me wrong, that's even better. He's yeah. he's gonna be a quality for player for our team. So let's say, let's see. I think he's in a period where he's very confident in himself and he's very confident in his football. Is this a purple patch or have you ascended? And is this now the level you're gonna give us? Him having that rest, him getting injured was probably one of the best things for him, you know, because he could rest up his body, rest mentally for but- coming into the Euros. So in the game was ridiculous. Mm. I think for England, he's particularly good. Uh, Even it was off the back of the 2018 World Cup that his name got hyped. That was where he made his name. But if you look at him on the balance of the season, uh, he went and did that nonsense in Greece and he started really badly. And that was probably below his level. I think if you look at him January to um, January to June, he was pretty. He was pretty good. He wasn't flawless, but he was pretty good. Um, so yeah, man, kudos to him. He's, he's sort of dug his his heels in and, and delivered some some good performances. I agree. I agree. So hopefully he he continues that into the next season. Mm. Listen, Shaw, Maguire, Varane, Wambasaka. That's a strong back line. Bro, that Rabi game. Aaron Wambasaka sleeping again for the goal. Yeah, yeah, was it the goal? No, it was a chance. It was a chance. Yeah, in this cross cross coming well, in. And he yeah, he loves he loves giving those bad boys away, man. man. Rocking. He loves he loves his giving those bad boys away like eh, anywhere he could. He's all about the recovery tackles in the air on the ground. Like he doesn't <laughs> want to be in the right. He doesn't want to be in the right position. That's boring. Why am I going to be in the right position? Like let I, me. I fear for him when he turns thirty and he has no pace and he's still doing them <laughs> wild slide tackles. It won't even be moved into auxiliary centre back by then. All right, cool lads. Once again, thank you both for coming on this evening. Take care. Peace. Rashford, he's in here. He scores. Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network.